0: Well, guys, welcome to the Hunt's Country podcast today, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you're a listener of the show, you probably know that on Mondays, we typically have a, a Monday Minute episode, which is a Q&A format for the most part. Uh, today, I'm on with Steve and Jake, and we're going to talk about our Kodiak Hunt uh, pretty informally, kind of tell some stories, talk about how things went, if time allows, get into some listener questions, but we'll see how that goes, and we may save the listener questions for a second episode that we'll do a follow-up on so uh, as always guys you can email us any questions you have whether it's about this hunt or something else to podcast at exomountaingear.com uh, but jake steve how you guys doing today
1: i'm uh, doing fantastic man other than recovering from the cold that jake somehow passed on to me well you uh. gotta stop cuddling so much <laughs> <laughs> well i'm doing great so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's nice good for you jake.
2: Co- coming off the high of kodiak alaska Not doing <laughs> doing pretty good
0: <laughs> um, before we get into the story of the trip, we have uh, the three of us obviously had work to catch up on once we got back, and then also uh, have just been super busy planning for today. Today, meaning not when we're recording this, which is Friday, but today being when this is released Monday. And that kicks off the one and only sale we do every year. So, just a quick heads up before we dive into the Kodiak story. Uh, right now as this podcast is being released, we are kicking off our once a year sale through Exo mountain gear. It's going to be 15% off site-wide so that I will obviously include pack systems. If you already own a pack, it's going to include accessories, logo gear, everything, automatic discount, 15% off, uh, while supplies last, we don't know how long supplies are going to last. It's going to be more than minutes for sure. More than hours. Uh, we have a good number of inventory set aside for the sale. Uh, And we just can't anticipate what that cutoff is going to be based off how fast things move. But just a quick heads up if you're hearing this as it's released and interested in anything from XO, literally the only sale we do each year, the best time to buy would be right this stinking minute. So maybe hit pause, go check that out, and then come back and hear the story. But uh, let's start with context for this Kodiak hunt. Uh, You know, many loyal listeners of the podcast may be aware.
2: Um, let's start here, Jake, how did you get to go on this hunt? This was, uh, the greatest birthday present anybody could have given me. Steve surprised me with, uh, taking me on this trip back in, oh, April. Um, so I somehow got to go on this trip of a lifetime and yeah, it was amazing. So that's, that's how I got put into this whole, uh, whole ordeal.
0: Yeah. I guess, Steve, from your perspective, talk real brief about, uh, our prior experience and then kind of the plan on expanding that to get back this year.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we just went me, you and, and my buddy, Mike went in 2019, just, uh, it was through a good friend, JD Ponciano, who we've had, uh, he's a uh, works for Zeiss. We've had him on the podcast here before talking about optics and glassing and stuff like that. And, and he had done the hunt and, and just really highly recommended it. I think it's, uh, off subject a little bit. If you can ever find somebody who's gone to Alaska like with a certain outfit you know whether it's a an actual guide or a a transport service something like that you can have that kind of like personal recommendation I think that goes a long way Um, so we had that from JD he's he's like this is an amazing time was able to give us all the details we went and just flat out had a blast and I know I think did before we even left did we reserve these dates I think that was the case or if it wasn't there, it was shortly after. Yeah. Yeah. It was before we, not before we left for the trip, but
0: before we left from the trip,
1: meaning before we yes. came home, we were yeah. like,
0: we were freaking coming back. Let's put on the calendar.
1: Yeah. 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 And I just remember thinking, um, yeah, like let's come back in two years. And then I just pushed Jerry, who's the owner of the Foxdale logic. How many guys can we bring? Cause it's, it's a small outfit. I mean, I think ideally they would run, a, want to run six guys, maybe seven guys at a time. Um, and I was like, I just wanted to bring as many people as we could. Cause I knew it would just be an absolute blast. And that just lays out well for, to have a lot of guys up there. So we rounded up eight guys and returned. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It'd be fun to get on. And, uh, as you guys will hear about with eight guys, we, we split up. There was days where guys were fishing and other guys were hunting. There were days where we all hunted, but we're in, you know, four separate pairs. Uh, so there's a lot. I mean, as we talk about telling stories, we only have the perspective of the three of us here on the podcast, and we'll probably get more guys on to tell some stories later. But as you can imagine, coordinating eight guys, especially quickly, uh, is difficult to do. So, yeah, just I guess a uh, real brief. You know, as you mentioned, Steve Foxtail Lodge uh, historically has just really run only fishing trips uh, throughout the spring, summer, early fall. Um, JD is the guy who first started hunting up there just because Jerry who owns foxtail lodge was a family friend. Then he told us we went, and I think as Jerry got a few hunters in, that's something he does offer now, um, is hunting trips and, or even like basically what we did combo trips. We, we were hunting sick of black-tailed deer. We were fishing. Some guys went duck hunting and he really is, can offer all of that in one trip, which is really unique. And the cool thing is kind of on the fly, like you can decide like, Oh, I want to hunt deer this day because of the weather. I want to fish that day because of the weather. I want to duck hunt one or two days or whatever you want to do. It's a pretty unique thing. And then he's out of Larson Bay. So just for context, um, you know, there's basically call it three ways to hunt Kodiak and they're going to vary based on your time of year on which one you may want to choose, which we'll talk about more in listener Q and a, but you can fly in, uh, you can obviously camp out, uh, and just be on the mountain. Um, one thing that's unique with Kodiak is they do the boat based hunts where you're quite literally living on a boat and getting dropped off each day to go hunt and then come back to the boat. And these are obviously larger ships that have everything you need, uh, to obviously take care of yourself, to eat, to take care of your deer and all that, or what we did, which is, you know, stay, on land, not on a boat, but at some sort of like cabin lodge type accommodation. So, uh, that's what we did. So every day we, we're, you know, we're at Jerry's place at Foxtail lodge. We do get on a boat and then taken to where we either want to hunt or get dropped off to hunt and then picked up, uh, every evening. And then we're back at the lodge to kind of dry out and things like that, which, uh, proved to be beneficial on this trip for sure, which we'll talk about. So, um, Jake, what did you think your, uh, I think your, your first flight in a smaller plane was this past year's death hike,
2: right? Yeah. Earlier this year was the death hike. Yeah. Which was, was an
0: even smaller plane than this year, but still hopping on a small plane, flying into Kodiak, landing in Larson Bay. Like what were your first impressions?
2: So I think from Anchorage to Larson Bay, I did, I did completely fine just cause all that adrenaline and excitement ready for Kodiak was, was great. And, and it was a, you know, a good flight. Um, I mean, jumping all the way to the end, though, from Larson Bay to Anchorage, <laughs> I was about ready to lose my breakfast. Like, uh, <laughs> it was dude, rough. I think everybody else could admit, though, that it was a pretty, uh, uh, it was a, it was a bumpy bumpy plane ride back. So, got me some slack, but it was yeah, it was good though. Like being being there with like eight or seven other guys and um, just having somebody to talk to is is great. So. It, it wasn't terrible by any means. I
0: remember on that on that flight back. Yeah. So at the end of the trip from Larson Bay back to Anchorage on the little charter flight. And it was rough. I heard a couple guys say it was the roughest flight they've been on. Um, but I remember you turning around because so you were sitting in front of me and you with like a very dead serious demeanor said, Are you not nervous? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I'm
2: good. I was like, What the hell, man? Like you're just chill and you're like, I can't do anything about it. So why worry? Like you and Cody both, but yeah. I was, there was just times where like the plane would just go up and down and to the side and the pilot looked like he was doing nothing. And yeah, it was just, ah, I wanted something to be done about it, but you really can't. So you just got to get used to that. And then once you uh, get over the feeling or get over the fact that you can't do anything about it, then, then you're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: so yeah, landing in Larson Bay, the start of the hunts. Uh, I think Larson Bay has, I want to say, I heard the numbers of like 26, 28, somewhere around there year round residents. Like it's a obviously small remote. The only way to get there is to fly in type thing or take quite a long boat ride, but, uh, definitely no call it facilities in Larson Bay in terms of shops or basically you better show up with what you need type thing. Um, but yeah, got got settled in at Jerry's that first day. And then, um, you know, we're able to hunt the next day, um, with timing. So I think everybody getting to the lodge for the first time, it was obviously, uh, you and I had been there, Steve, but for the other six guys, it was their first experience getting to check out, get settled in, sort your gear. Um, we ran up to make sure all of our rifles were still hitting zero, um, after traveling from, uh, not only home on the commercial flights to then on the charter flights and, and all that good stuff. So we get, make sure we're all sided in. I think anticipation was just super high for the next day, which was the first day of the hunts. And, uh, I, I don't even, you know, it's funny, Steve, cause I'm Kind of curious to hear some of your stories because we haven't, we didn't hunt together a single day. And then we, you know, with eight guys, there's different stories, but you only hear so much of things, but I want to kick it off with you for the first day of hunting. Cause Jake and I were actually together, which we can talk about, but what was your first day? Like Steve,
1: um, I'll, <clears throat> real quick, I'll skip back to, uh, this is the second trip in a row. Last time Mike's, when you talk about going to the rifle range and just checking zero, uh, last time Mike's gun was off, it was like eight inches high. And then this time out of the eight of us, we had one guy, Jason's gun was shooting like six inches, right? Uh, so just a really good example of make sure if you're flying before you go on that you you uh, go and check your rifle. I remember talking with, I think it was either Rafe or Nolan, the, the two guys up there helping out. Um, and they said, it's like one in 20. Uh, so we're batting higher than that average right now. But they, you know, they consistently see some guy who like zeroed in their rifle the week before came mm-hmm. up there and during the flight process, they got knocked off. So that's definitely something um, you need to do. Yeah. As far as hunting. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: I would say, don't apply that to just flying to Alaska either. Do that for, you know, like even when I fly to Idaho for our elk hunt, right. Last month, it's like, we take that time beforehand to to make sure that we're still on. So, and even not even just a flight, honestly, if you get the chance after any travel uh, it's just worth checking.
1: Yeah. You've got so much time and money and, just everything invested in a hunt you know it's it's easy to kind of get lazy or excited uh, in the sense of like oh let's just go hunt i'm sure it's okay you know but it's just take the uh, 30 minutes to go find a place to shoot and just check it it's it's worth every second so uh on the hunt yeah we went um you me uh cody callum from born and raised outdoors and jakey poo we all went over to um kind of a different part of the island it's not different part of the island but you know, a a 15 minute boat ride versus a five minute boat ride. Um, and, uh, we had went where we'd killed some deer. Uh, I think that was our last day in 2019. It was just kind of a cool area. I remember how we, how we hunted it. And it just laid out really well for rifles. Uh, you and Jake decided to kind of go up the ridge and then we went, we went down kind of, we're just going to be about, you know, 1500 feet below you and side hill into the country. And, um, it's just such an awesome place. I mean, like, I'm sure you guys had the same thing. Like we kind of hiked together for the first what, 500 yards. And then it came to the point like, all right, we go left, you guys go up. And, uh, and then uh, you go a little bit one more and the sun came up and, uh, broke out from over the mountains behind the clouds and look back and you got the ocean back there. And it was just like a, Holy crap. We're in Alaska. This is just, it's gorgeous and beautiful. And um there's just a cool moment for for cody um you know he's one of my very best friends and got to be like that was his first hunt in alaska so to be be with him at that time you know it's just cool it's it's a special place and i told him it's like man this is alaska's like cocaine uh here (laughs) once you have it you're not going back uh, it's, you're going to want to just keep coming back and coming back. And, um, it's just a cool place. Um, so yeah, we just got in there and the strategy was like, we got rifles. It's fairly open country. There's deer. Um, you know, I don't, we had, I guess we saw deer right, right away off the boat, a couple does down there in the bottom. Um, but, uh, strategy was just move slow, kind of still hunt and use our binos, use, use our eyes and just wait for a buck to pop out in front of us. And, uh Cody had two tags. He was kind of first up to shoot and wasn't super picky on on what he was going to shoot as far as size of the rack, right? It was just like, yeah, that's that's a legal buck. Let's shoot him. And uh it didn't take long. I don't think it was I want to say we shot by nine thirty and we probably left the boat at eight, eight o'clock, eight fifteen, something like that. Um so yeah, we just we're sneaking along and uh we saw a deer up on the ridge it was kind of towards the direction where you guys were at and i i think the last time i saw you i thought you guys were kind of wrapping around the other side of the ridge so i was like oh they must be around the other side and um uh, this should work out but we just snuck up there first spot the bucket like actually i'll i will say this so um from a gear thing cody had those six hour um 16 by 42 image stabilizing binoculars um I those scenes are freaking amazing, man. Uh like I spotted a doe. I have my eight by 42 Suoros. I spotted a doe up on the hill and it was 600 something yards away. And I'm like, oh, there's a doe up there, Cody. And he pulls it up and he's like, There's a buck right next to her. I'm like, no, there's not. Like, I don't don't see any deer. You know what I mean? I couldn't couldn't see the buck. And he's like, Yeah, right behind her. You know, it's like a couple minutes of going back and forth. And I'm I find like give me those effing things, you know. I <laughs> take the binos from them and pop those up, and sure enough, there's a buck just standing right over her shoulder. He was just kind of you know blended those bucks, obviously, as we all saw. Like the color of the dead grass and their body was identical, and then we had snow on the ground, so any of their white patches they blended in really well. Um, but yeah, those things are there's something there when when they improve the kind of overall quality of that glass. I don't know, man. I, don't, I just, oof, they're impressive. It's going to be, uh, I know I'm packing some on the next time I go on. So, um, anyways, back to the hunt. Yeah. We spot that buck and he was kind of, uh, you know, he was 600 yards. I remember a uh, question to ask every hunting partner is like, Hey, what's your effective range? Um, and I think Cody said 500 is, is what he felt really comfortable at, you know, assuming really good solid rest and all that. Um, so it was immediate like, okay, we need to get closer, Uh, we, there's a kind of this bench in front of us. Um, we work up to the bench and we're trying to get set up and it was just awkward positioning, right? Like the, between brush and trees and trying to get a clear lane to shoot. Um, the buck himself was standing on an open hillside, but just the angle we were at, uh, was pretty tough to get a shot off. And we, uh, ended up trying to like, Cody tried multiple positions There, there was this log and he tried to get prone. And the buck was just standing like a statue behind this, this chunk of brush forever. And I'm like behind him kind of bopping around. I'm like, dude, if you can get up over here, you can just drop this buck right now. And the way he was, he was, we were watching his behavior and he was standing like a statue and staring in the direction that you guys were coming from. So we were kind of in both of the back of our minds like, man, we, if we're going to shoot this buck, we probably need to do it sooner than later. Cause I think, Mark and Jakey Pooh are going to come up the ridge here any second and bump him. Um, and so he ended up getting this first time I've ever been around shooting off a tripod. He got his tripod out. Um, and I think it's got an arc of Swiss rail clamped right onto his gun, right onto the tripod. And then like we do with the shooting sticks, put the pack, um, behind, uh, you know, kind of bear hugged it in his chest and it was a 400 and let's say 470, 480 yard shot, uh, and fairly steep uphill. And, uh, he took his time, got set up, you know, in a rush to make it happen. If, if it's going to, you know, if he's going to get stable, make a shot, great. If not, you know, not going to wound an animal. So took his time, got set up, and um, he told me he was ready to go and squeezed the trigger and just absolutely dropped the buck. Uh, it was pretty, pretty impressive shot. And uh, it was kind of funny because we high-fived and, and you know sat there for a few seconds. And then it couldn't have been two minutes later, you and Jake walked through the opening, not like 10 yards above where the buck was just shot. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, and yeah, we went up there and got them cleaned. And uh, meanwhile, I think we we're just about loading that buck up in packs. And we heard a gunshot come from your guys' direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we heard your shot. We were like kind of a... Not on the back side of the ridge but kind of across this little knob glassing the backside um and then yeah i heard a shot and I was like dang that was fast and as you said we ended up walking right through essentially where the buck was down before you guys got up to him just above it on on the mountainside and had no idea we just passed the buck that you had just shot um and you guys are still down
2: a ways and so yeah it was, and we uh, thought it was you too we thought it was steve shooting not it sounded like Steve's guns. So we were like, wow, oh, Steve would yeah. actually shoot a buck under Cody on his first day. Like, <laughs> <Right>? Okay.
0: <laughs> Steve pushed cause... Cody down. And...
2: Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Cause we were on that backside. It didn't, you didn't hear like the big
2: boom. No. Uh, it oh, sounded gotcha. like, oh, yeah.
0: that sounded like Steve suppressed six, five, you know, <laughs> hmm. uh, but it was just the way that sound carried. So yeah, we didn't know who shot what. And yeah, I think uh, Jake, you can pick it up from there, honestly, um, on, you know, kind of. I guess maybe if you want to go back to your first impressions If not, just pick up the story from where we're at at this point.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I will second with Steve, like um, how Cody and he were with just looking back at the sunset or the sunrise and just admiring and taking it all in. Like that was incredible too. I remember just looking back and just being like, this is unreal. (laughs) Seeing all the planes just kind of fly by um, kind of as the day goes by. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Mark can attest to this. I was definitely dragging my feet on day one because going into Kodiak uh, or when we finally landed, I just, I was not feeling the hottest. So that's why Steve blamed me for getting a cold. So I was sick on uh, the first day, just not feeling good. So I kind of just drug my feet a little bit, but ended up kind of warming up, perking up a little bit. Um, So as we kind of crested around uh, over on top of Steve's buck or Cody's buck, um, we kind of just side hilled up this ridge until we got to this sort of saddle slash peak. Um, and that's when, that's when we saw the bigger buck, uh, the bigger bodied forky. Um, so Mark and I basically got positioned. Um, he, he laid his pack down cause it was a little bit out of my range. Uh, it was like five fifty, and I, I was kind of wanting to take something under 500 just to be on the safe side. Um, so Mark got on, on his pack and that buck was just on, on a mission. So we were unable to really uh, get him to stop and, and make a clean shot on him. So, um, we yeah, got I think when I first ranged him, he was like
0: in the fours, he was four something and we were just in a weird spot and he was moving and I didn't think I was going to get his shot. And I certainly, you know, at, at any extended range, like you were talking about earlier, Steve, not in a rush, but I was like, well, let me throw the pack down. Let me get on the rifle. You never know if he's going to stop and just see, you know, how I'm able to settle into a shot opportunity, um, and got him in my scope. And then by the time he was, he was over five and moving, And I knew basically instantly, like, as soon as I got down, like, I'm not taking this shot. He's moving. He's far. This is not going to happen. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I don't think I told you this outright, Jake, but I really didn't have any plans of shooting a deer that day. And it was, it was after you did. Um, I mean, my, my mission for the day was to get you a buck, but when he was a big bodied deer and then I knew he was out of your range, I was like, all right, let well, me at least get the rifle and see what, you know, see if anything happens
2: here, which it didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Yeah, no, I was, that, yeah, it was just cool. Exciting. Definitely. Like what Mark said, we really didn't have a clean just spot to to shoot from. Um, it was just angled downhill. So he had to prop his pack up pretty good. And it was just, it was just an awkward shooting spot. So, um, we decided just to let him crest over. We didn't see him, uh, go over the ridge. He just kind of went down a drainage. So we were thinking we were just going to cut him off. Uh, so we kind of still hunted, uh, a little bit towards him. Um, and that's kind of when we started post holing a little bit, that's where, uh, snow levels were a little bit higher. Um, So we ended up not finding that buck. uh, And then I think that's when we just kind of sat down, grabbed a bite to eat. um, And then, yeah. then another buck kind of just came, came out of the brush patch. And then you got, I told you to get set up again. And that buck was on a mission. Like those, that's one thing I, um, I learned from that hunt is, you know, obviously in November they're rutting. So they're, they're not, you know, standing around waiting, waiting on you They're They have a mission and that's to, go find some does. Um, so anyways, we, we get done eating and I think I'm no Mark gets done eating a little bit quicker than I did. And I'm just packing up before and before, uh, we were going to just go chase that buck some more, the bigger bodied one, Mark kind of took a quick, uh, detour and went back on the other hillside, kind of where Cody and Steve were, but a little bit further up the drainage and he put the glass up. And I mean, what was it? You, you glass for 10 seconds and you spotted a buck.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was the kind of a deal where you're, you know, we're at the top of this Ridge and we're planning on like hugging the right side and staying on that side of the Ridge and the drainage, but we're, you know, we're kind of at the top of not a knife Ridge, but where it was easy to pop over and be like, all right, well, before we leave, let me at least look off the other side. Right. Um, And yeah, so you were still, I think, finishing up eating packing. I was like, I'll be right back. I'm just going to peek over, you know, this opposite side before we commit to what we're doing. And as soon as I, as soon as I peeked down, I saw some does at like, I can't remember if they were 800 or a thousand or something like that. So I'm like, Oh, some deer up over here. And so I was just kind of scanning, um, you know, kind of real quick between glassine and naked eye and happened to look down and where we were standing was real steep and the does were quite a ways below, but like really, really down steep and much closer. Um, I saw a buck, and right away I was like, he's in range. Let me go get Jakey. And obviously didn't want to yell or anything. So I remember booking
2: it back over to you and I was like, buck now, let's go, let's go. So, um, yeah. Then I was like, no, you shoot it. You shoot it. And you're like, no, dude. Like I was just trying to be selfless and just, you know, you spotted it, you shoot it. But no, it was, it was super cool. Yeah. So he comes booking it over. Like he, he was running pretty, pretty fast for how, how old you are, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to what you're saying, like you don't know how long those bucks are going to be
0: around. So I was like, he's here now, but he could be gone in three seconds. And I still have to.
2: You were probably, I don't know, forty yards away or something like that yeah. in the snow. Yeah, yeah. So we grab the rifles and then we just kind of uh, put the packs on really quickly and just run back over there and get set up on the knob. Um, and yeah, that buck he was just kind of on a mission, just feeding, moving from left to right. Um, And so, yeah, I I get the, get the poles out, get them propped up, um, and just kind of get, get position, put my earplugs in. I mean, it was a quick, smooth process. And I just asked Mark, like, you know, what what do you have for range? And I think it was like 260, 270. Um, I'm like right on, uh, sweet. So I just took some time. Um, I, I, didn't really wait much longer just to pull the trigger. I got settled in. It felt great. Felt comfortable. And, you know, placed it right in the money hole. I mean, it was, it was a great shot. Uh, so I shot him and he did that little kick and kind of moved 15 yards and just kind of, you know, did the little uh, fall over and leg kick. And then it was done. It was a quick, clean kill, like what you, what you want in every uh, rifle bow kill. So yeah. and then the celebration was- happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, you made a good shot. It was not, it was not an easy shot. You were, you know, we're shooting steep downhill because we're on the top, top of the Ridge and to get enough clearance to see him, you had to prop up further. So yeah, you had the sticks up front, but then you're like shooting downhill and, um, you were moving quick and I didn't think you were rushing. It was a good thing. You were moving relatively quick, but I just remember telling you like, slow down, take your time. Cause he was still there. Um, you know, and I was, it was so early and it was the first time you got on a buck this trip. And I'm just thinking like, I hope he's not, you know, too excited or too rushed,
2: Oh, I was excited and you freaking (laughs) made a perfect shot. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was definitely a steep shot. I just remember like, it was kind of awkward just how I was positioned just straight. It was almost straight downhill. Like I remember when you and I got to the buck and we looked up, like you, you mentioned, you had mentioned like, wow, that was a, that was a steep, steep angle for sure. Um, so Yeah. That was great. And yeah, I mean, tag number one was filled. So we got down to him. That was the funny, that was probably one of my funniest parts was on day one when after I shot the buck, um, you kind of did some glass in and then we ended up putting the packs on and went down there and gosh, that was a steep slick section. Wasn't it Mark? <laughs> <laughs> it was a little steep, a little snowy
0: and Jake's <laughs> so Jake had his poles out. Cause he just shot off his trekking poles. And, uh, he was like, Hey, do you want one of these? And I was like, no, man, I'm good. And literally said, no, I'm good. Took around, turned around, took one step. And then my next step just completely, my legs went out from under me and it was so steep. There was like, no, no stopping. And just, I mean, it was a full on, I was sledding down the hill. Uh, thankfully didn't run into anything or hurt anything, but it was just like, no, man, I'm good. And then turn
2: around and see you later. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Solid 40 yards of just pure awesomeness. That was funny, man. That was hilarious. I think we took turns just sliding back and forth. That was the one. Uh, yeah. That was, that was super funny. Um, so yeah. And I mean, then it was just quick and easy. Got them cleaned up, took some photos. I mean, it was great. And then uh, we kind of just made a plan to hunt our way out, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, there really wasn't much more. Oh, we did spot that bear, which was really cool after we got him cleaned up and, Spot the spotted the bear, but uh, we kind of linked up with Cody and Steve after they got done. Um, they had packed out the deer, took it to the beach, and then came back. Uh, and we caught the we we basically uh, crossed paths with them while they were glassing. So yeah, that was super fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a good first day. As you said, we load up the packs, we're kind of still hunting our way out. And then, then kind of the, after going for a bit, covering some ground slowly, I heard one of you. You know, Steve or uh, Cody, I think, whistled or something. I was like, oh, they're right up here. Um, and you guys were kind of sitting in a cool spot and had just seen a decent buck. And yeah, by that point, it was mid to late afternoon and we worked our way back to get picked up. And so there we are at the end of day one with two bucks getting ready to hop on the boat. It was a great day. It was.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I
0: think so. Just touching real quick on day one. So the other four guys were in a different spot hunting in two pairs. And I don't even remember Steve because all these days and all these deer are running together. But I think one, Oh, that was was that when Justin killed his buck? Yeah. Yeah. That yep. was when he killed so the so biggest yeah, one. So yeah, we we get picked up, the four of us, uh, me, Jake, Steve, Cody, and we get picked up on the boat, hop on the boat. And they didn't pick up the other four guys yet, which, as you said, Steve, is like a 15 minute boat ride to where they were supposed to get picked up. So the four of us are on the boat. We are headed to go pick those guys up. As we get closer, we definitely see some meats and then we see a rack. And then uh, those four guys get on the boat, and our good friend Justin Carey gets on the boat with a giant buck, <laughs> um, and it was like, heck yes! And I remember telling him early because we were we were talking about should we throw together a pool for like the biggest buck of the trip and the smallest buck of the trip, and I remember telling him then like very, very likely, most likely that is going to be the biggest buck shot on this trip. And he, would, you know, he had not hunted the blacktail before. And he's like, really? I'm like, oh yeah, dude, that's a tank. And, uh, so it was, it was, man, it was fun to end day one with us bringing two bucks on and then Justin bringing a giant
2: buck on. And I think everybody had a wonderful first day. Yeah. Little did we know the biggest and the smallest buck was killed on day one.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: Just true, true
0: story. Yeah. Jakey's ended up being the smallest, even though I was gonna give him a run for his money,
2: but that that
0: went a different direction, which we can talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh what was D2 for you, Steve? Was that when you killed your buck?
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 So, so that two, was a
0: new yeah. spot that you hadn't hunted before on a previous trip. Yeah, right? that
1: was across yeah, just across the bay. Um we just went in and that was Jake was with Corey and then Cody and I were together. Um, and, uh, yeah, just one of those deals. Um, we got dropped off at the beach, hiked up. We all hiked up the hill together and then they were going to go right. We were going to go left, got into some bucks right away. Um, and we were like 50 yards apart, Jake and Corey. And then Cody and I were in, uh, I think we're both trying to shoot the same buck, um, but you never know what the other person's seeing. So, uh, but that didn't pan out. And then we kind of, we side held from there and it was just frustrating because we got stuck in this kind of no man's land where it was just really brushy you're, and you, you're bumping deer everywhere, um, but you just kind of had to like, you just a shot wasn't going to happen in there right like the terrain didn't lay out that way how the, the hill was kind of uh shaped and then we're side hilling through it in the brush and um you were just seeing little white dots bumping out in front of you and it was super frustrating but we we just kind of like kind of got back on the maps and staring at all next like all right we, we just need to like push through for 400 yards 500 yards and get around to this next point and then we then we can stop and start hunting again and um and that's basically what we did. We just kind of busted the, busted through that brush. And uh, you're trying to read Onyx because Onyx is like a picture in the summertime when everything's all green and nice. And like, all right, I'm, I'm standing in this. This is 15-foot tall brush. What does this look like on the satellite imagery versus what does the grass that's you know out here look like that's short that you can walk through and try to pick your path through it. And, um, yeah, we got to this spot um, where it was kind of – a we were, there's this big flat down below us. And we did, we kind of, it was like a sniper's perch. We, we had seen a, a, actually, Cody had saw a big brown bear. That was one thing that was different on this trip. Last trip, we didn't see any bears. This trip, I don't know how many bears were seen total between all the groups, probably 10, 12. Yeah. It was a, I lot. It's a Yeah. I yeah.
0: think it was at least eight, but yeah, probably close to 10. Yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, anyways, yeah, we got to this perch and it was just one of those. Like, dude, if we, it's cold, but if we can sit here for a little bit, we're going to get an opportunity at something. Um, It just was such a perfect place. And you're looking down into this kind of flat, you know, it's brushy and those, those trees down there. I don't know what you call those type of trees. Um, But uh, it was like, okay, let's just sit here. And it, it didn't take 45 seconds. Like got to the little perch, kicked out a good flat spot. Like I, before I even, um started glassing i got the rifle out got the shooting sticks out um i even kind of like you know put my gun on the pack and the shooting sticks to get the angle right for like shooting down into that flat and then then it's like okay i'm set up put everything down pull up the binos Cody, there's a buck and uh and sure enough like i just thought it was a nice two point you know i I could tell he had good mass and it's just you know a solid two from what i saw through my binos and he was, oh man, what was he? Three something, 380. Um, I think I could be wrong on that. It's right right there in three something. And uh, yeah, anyways, he just came right into view, got the shooting sticks uh, set up, you know, and just, it was pretty quick. Bam shot. I think it happened by like, I don't want to say 1030, 11 in the morning. <laughs> it doesn't take long, man. Um, of all the days that we hunted, I hunted uh, three days with Cody and one day with Jeff. And I think by 11 AM every single day, we had, we had filled a tag. Like it's such a, and that's leaving the boat at, you know, eight o'clock or after. So it's, it's just such an awesome target rich environment. But, uh, I shot the buck and I, I did screw up in that. Like, I'm still, I'm still learning where to aim with a rifle. I know that sounds funny, but I just, after, you know, 20 plus years of being a bow hunter and aiming behind the shoulder. Um, the buck watching back in the footage, I remember just putting the, the crosshairs right behind his shoulder, you know, um, and squeezing the trigger. And when we watched back in the footage, cause Cody was filming it. He had his right leg with um, the side that I was shooting on was definitely back, right? Like his left leg was extended forward and his right leg was back. So I shot hit like four inches left, probably of exactly where I was aiming, um, which, you know, that, at that distance, so I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good shot. But that ended up being like liver, like back of the lungs, liver. Um, and it was kind of an interesting deal where the, the buck, he ran into the trees. We got him on video, flopping, kicking over, and so we're high fiving, like, yep, he's dead deer. And uh, we're sitting there, and oh, I don't know, maybe two minutes went by and uh just starting to pack up stuff and cody's like there's another buck like right there where the buck just was you know And it looked like it would had kind of come from the left like a, a it was on the same trail as the buck i shot and we we glassed him and it's like dude that's a nice buck you know because he, he's walking away from us instead of sideways at this point and um you know we're just kind of like cody's like shoot him man you can double up and i was like yeah i don't know like that's I don't want to be done right now. You know, it's like my first day of hunting with, with the tag, you know, with the basically as hunter, um, not cameraman. And it was like, I don't want to, This is, you know, day two of the trip. I don't want to be done. So, um, uh, went down there and we're standing where the buck was and there's blood everywhere and there's no buck there and, and then follow a blood trail. And it was like the buck that we saw was, uh, the second buck we saw was my buck that had gotten back up and walked away. And um so it was kind of ended up being one of those rodeos where i'd hit him in the liver he had went like 50 yards bedded down uh i had to i kind of stalking through the snow still hunting i bumped him um uh right away i mean he was like 50 yards out there and so i just backed off um went to cody he's like hey let's just eat a snack let's hang out um we had just cody had just seen that brown bear not 200 yards away and downwind from where the shot happened so that's kind of playing in the back of your mind of like do you what do you do in this situation of uh, where like you know we're talking to Cody is like if I'm at home you know we're just gonna hang out here for hours you know it, it's a it's he's clearly gonna die it's just a matter of time uh, but it you know if it's liver it's not going to happen quickly it's gonna take a few hours so we let him go for I think we I think I made it about an hour. Um, I was like, I just, there is a bear right here. Like it, it just, it brings a whole different dynamic into it, you know? Um, and so basically I got the gun, um, r- put a round in the chamber and, and just followed the blood trail really, really slowly and probably went about 150 yards from where I last bumped him and found him again and shot him, Um, and, uh, and then he ran again and i shot him again all my shots were like in the vitals This buck had like massive um adrenaline going or something like that where he wasn't just falling over but ended up shooting like two or three more times uh and ended up you know finally getting him down um and it was uh just one of those it's not how like you know jake you just talked about like one shot quick clean kill and this just didn't go that way you know but we We played it right. We got the buck at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, we get up to the buck and these bucks are just, they're absolutely gorgeous. It's uh, everyone talked about this. Like you feel guilty taking a knife to their Cape and cutting them up to debone them. Um, but ultimately you're like, well, if I'm not going to mount them, what am I, what am I going to do with the Cape? So just, yeah, we cut them up, got them loaded in the packs. And then, um, you know, same as the first day, like, right, let's pack them out to the beach. We'll drop them and we'll go hunt. And, um, pack them out and we were just literally f- stepping in, like the path that we wanted to follow was the exact path that bear had taken prior so you know we're walking in uh, fresh brown bear tracks that are just freaking massive like cody's got a size 14 boot and he put like two of them inside this freaking bears tracks it's just uh i didn't uh, only one of the groups uh, got to see a bear up close you know everyone else are at four or five eight hundred thousand yards whatever um but yeah i'd be pretty crazy to see one really close to get an idea of just how massive these things are. But we packed them out to the beach, dropped the meat. Uh, and then just like that, that first day turned around and went back to hunt. And now Cody was up and he wanted to hunt. Um, he got a, uh, a pistol, 10 millimeter pistol with a red dot sight from, uh, SIG and, uh, went to go hunt uh he, he had been practicing a bunch and, and wanted to see if he can shoot a buck with his pistol which was was really fun like i was excited to run camera and film it and see what we could do because it was kind of like all right this is different strategy you know gonna be hunting close quarters uh you know basically like we're bow hunting this thing so we ended up we almost killed a buck within like 30 minutes after getting my meat to the beach which was, which was pretty cool yeah that's awesome
0: the uh if you hop across the bay, I was with Jeff Bloomquist and then uh, Justin Carey and Jason Wright. The four of us kind of like got dropped off together um, and we were working up this mountain and we we're going to work up uh, kind of mid-mountain and then split a ways. Justin and I were hooking off left and going to make this big side hill circle um, while the other guys kind of stayed on this perch that we were familiar with from the previous trip, you and I, Steve, and then. They had been into uh, the prior day as well and were on a bunch of deer. So we weren't even, we weren't even to the midpoint of the midpoint that we were trying to get to and saw a good buck down in this Creek bottom. We were uh, kind of parallel in this Creek, but up in elevation from it, good buck in the Creek bottom, he was crossing the Creek and he was going to be coming up the opposing face from us. And it was just one of those things where it's like, he just disappeared. And there's, there's four of us, like four guys, four sets of binos looking between binos and naked eyes and back and forth and, uh, experienced hunters. And it's like, where did this buck go just flat out? And we never saw him. Like he just flat out disappeared. We gave it some time. Uh, so we move on from that. We're continuing to work up still not to the point we were going to split yet and then see another buck who was again across the creek he was at three something uh <laughs> jeff who i knew a bit uh and it's actually he was a guest on our expert roundtable this past summer and i've met him a couple times in person but never spent any time in the field with him or hunted with him and was really excited to do that just knowing uh the great hunter that he is and how you've talked about him steve Um, and he was, I knew that he was pretty much set on shooting a big deer and I was going to pass a lot. Um, but at the same time, I had so much fun the day before shooting Jake's buck. I just was like, I wanted him to shoot something. I was like, let's shoot something. Let's go. Let's pack it out. And so I was trying my best to give him a sales pitch to shoot this buck that we had across the way. And I was like, dude, you got two tags. Like we'll kill a monster later. Let's go. And, uh, I was just really, I just, I don't know. I had so much fun helping Jake the day before and packing out a deer. And I wasn't too concerned with shooting something right away. And as best as I did, man, to push him hard and pressure, he just still wouldn't shoot that deer. So, uh, we got up to the point where Jason and, um, Justin, we're going to stay put, uh, Justin Carey. Um, and I said, Justin earlier, I was with Jeff, sorry, Jeff Bloomquist. There's too many J's. It's Jason, Justin, and Jeff that I was with. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're getting ready to split Jeff and I, and um, I think it was Jason that first spotted it, spotted a really nice buck um, kind of cruising. And so all four of us ended up staying together and it's like trying to get Jason set up to shoot this buck that he spotted. And it was cruising and um, was kind of just out of range for what Jason felt comfortable with with his rifle. Um, the current setup that he brought, which was an older 270. Um, and so I was like, here, man, take my rifle. I will range him with, you know, I'm obviously running the range finding binoculars built for my rifle. So I was like, you get set up. I'm going to range him. I'm going to dial for you. Just get set up, get in position, get steady. If you're comfortable, shoot. If not, you know, no worries. And so he got set up to where he was comfortable and I glassed. Uh, and range the last spot I saw this buck. And he went into this little brushy draw and it was moving from right to left. And so I hit a range on where we expected him to pop out. I had the scope dialed, like everything's ready to go. Um, And he just, he kept dodging us. Like he was visible again for a minute, but then like ducked behind this rise. And then it was just tough. So long story short, we were all set up and spent some time there waiting for this buck to pop out. And then, uh, it finally got to the point where I was like, all right, they were going to stay there, potentially still see that buck. Jeff and I were taking off. And so Jeff and I go to take off and man, we were seeing bucks. Like we were, we did not make it far and we were seeing more bucks and bucks pushing does and they were a bit smaller. And once again, I was trying to push Jeff to shoot one, but he just flat out wouldn't. Um, and then I was just passing on him at that point, And, uh, we ended up Kind of similar to what you're saying earlier, Steve, about the bear is we got up to the point where we we're fairly high on the mountain. The snow was much deeper with these drifts, and like just the best path as I looked forward of like, all right, we need to make our way up here. Ended up we just did the same thing as you guys, like following these bear tracks that were up there, which as you said are just impressive. Um, and so we're just following these bear tracks. Got up to a glassing point, spent some time, had a quick snack. Um, kind of side-hilled to another glassing point I bumped a really really nice two-point like a really heavy two-point that um, I would have shot like in a heartbeat but it was one of those situations where we saw him at 110 and then he just disappeared Um, so we kind of sat and waited for him to hopefully pop out below us that didn't happen We were just kind of side It Um, it's just such good country. Knew it was gonna be holding deer. We saw some does. We ended up getting to this glassing point and see this buck down below. And uh he was decent. And from what we could see anyway, he was about at that point, he was like 350, I think, 360, and just standing there and just feeding, just wide open and like man, do I want to shoot him or not? And at this point, it's getting later into the afternoon, um and where the buck was down below us in this flat was where we needed to go to to pack out and to get to the boat. And so I'm like, man, I'm I'm tempted. Like again, two tags. He's not a great buck, but he's a decent buck. Like, and I told Jeff, I was like, all right, I think I think I'm gonna shoot him. Like he's on. He's it's too convenient. Like he's just there you know, he's on the way out. Like it would be an easy way to get some meat in the freezer with my first tag. And, uh, Jeff was like, well, let's, let's side hill over here and look off this other side. Cause I think we'll see some deer over there. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm game. I'll leave this buck. But if we get to the next glassing point and that buck is still standing down there and I have a shot, like he's dead. And he's like, deal. So we end up side hill and going through some brush, getting to this next glassing point. As we come out on this glassing point, I look down and first thing I see is that same buck still standing there. And, uh, Jeff's like glassing off to the side, which we hadn't been able to see yet. And he didn't see any deer. And I was like, all right, I've gave this buck every chance I can give it to not die right now, but all right, I'm gonna shoot him. And even then I like took him all day getting set up. Uh, again, we're above him, uh, Mid-mountain, he's down below us in this flat. So another situation where I'm shooting off the sticks and the pack in the back, and took my time, ranged them, dialed, ranged again, dialed, like just gave him every chance in the world to not get shot. But it was just the perfect scenario of man, if I shoot him, it's gonna be the easiest pack out ever. And so long story short, got settled on him and uh told Jeff, I was like, All right, man, I'm ready to go. And uh it was a it was right at three, it was like 297 or 298 or something like that. Um, and I was just dead steady, no wind. And he was actually uh facing us. So it was essentially like a super hard quartering slash frontal shot. Um and yeah, once I was in the scope, I mean, just dead steady and squeezed it off. And with the six five uh and shooting suppressed, I was able to stay in the scope and and see the impact and his back legs just dropped and he just tipped over. Um, there was like no movement, no nothing. It was just boom done, uh, which was great. So we kind of sat there. It was a perfect glassing and, um, it was cold. We're not in a massive hurry to get to him, you know, that moment. And so we just sat there and we basically figured out, it's like, okay, we need to be at the beach by five. It's going to take us, you know, an hour to hike once we're packing him. And then it's going to take us a half hour to break him down once we get down to him. So we just worked our schedule backwards to be like, all right, we can sit here for another essentially 45 minutes and then we'll make our way down to the buck. So we sat there and glassed and tried to double up for Jeff and, and saw what we think was that two point I mentioned earlier now down on the bottom. Um, and Jeff passed on him. He was really holding out for, he wanted a four point, uh, and definitely wasn't going to shoot a two point at this, at this point in the trip. And so he passed on him and yeah, we got down to my buck and it was a good frontal shot and made super fast work of him and packed out to the beach. And man, it was, it was good. If we jump back across the bay again to you, Jake, as uh, Stevie mentioned earlier, you and Cody, Jake and Corey were at the same drop-off point, worked up a ways and then split off. Um, Jake skipping to later in the day for you and where this story picks up, if I'm thinking of the right day and not getting confused, you spotted a buck at a decent distance. I want to say
2: a thousand yards, right? And Corey was like, yeah, let's go after it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was basically after probably Steve shot his, his buck. Um, yeah, I spotted a buck. We weren't seeing many deer on day two for us. Uh, when we kind of humped it over uh, the mountain, we finally started seeing a few does here and there, but That was the only buck that we saw um, prior to shooting after we got done packing out, we ended up seeing more bucks, but um, yeah, he, we spotted that buck and we're pushing it on time. Uh, I think we spotted him. I forget what time we actually spotted him. I know he shot that buck at like three. So yeah, spotted him, went over there, cut some, cut the distance and finally got to shooting range. I think it was, I think his shot was three, three fifty in between that. Um, shot him, shot him again, and then uh we gave him some time to expire. Uh it took us a while to kind of get down to where he was. He died in a nice little flat spot, so it was easy to work on him. Um, yeah, took some pictures, got them all cut up, and by the time it was loaded in the pack and ready to go, I think it was like four fifty, pushing five o'clock. And So for every hunter, for every group, basically Rafe and Nolan, the guides or the, yeah, guides, um, they said, you know, be ready at the beach, 5.30. (laughs) So we're there at five hiking out and we have a little bit of ways to go. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's like a mile and a half to go, but in that country, it takes forever just because you're pushing through snow and then, um for Corey and i we had to just kept crossing back keep on crossing back and forth through this creek um and then also maneuver through the the brush and um yeah kind of battle through that so we end up in reaching the lodge saying uh we'll be back in like 30 minutes uh we weren't three hours later (laughs) three hours later packing out in the dark we finally made it back but that was a little uh that was a little exciting. You know, we, um, packing out, uh, some deer in the dark, knowing that you're in brown bear country. That was, you know, that was a thrill, but no issues. Um, and then it was just a kind of a straight down the hill. Once we went, once we crossed over the mountain, just straight down to the beach. Um, and that was pretty nasty. We ended up kind of detouring to, uh, our left facing to the beach and it was a little bit more of a drop off. So, rafe uh, on the radio was kind of guiding us where to go and where not to go because basically if we went more to our left it was just going to be a drop off um and so yeah that wouldn't have been fun um anyways yeah it was just kind of a running down uh maneuvering yourself through the jungle and uh we ended up just making it back to the beach but it was definitely a fun exciting day we didn't didn't make it back to the lodge to like 8 30. I think I took a picture just, just to, for time reference. So it took us a while to get out of there. Um, and every, right when we got back, everybody was all all in their PJs, ready to go ready. <laughs> ready <laughs> we got picked
0: up. We put our deer and you know, call it the meat locker. If you will, we're back at the lodge. I think I've freaking showered like, and we're just hearing radio chatter between you guys and Rafe and the lodge. And yeah, what we thought was you guys getting out half hour after dark turned into like two hours after two and a half hours, something like that. So yeah, it was uh I remember Steve and you know the rest of the guys that were with us at the lodge just thinking, oh Jakey on his first trip to Alaska now it's well past dark and pitch black and packing out a deer in brown bear country like
2: you're getting the full experience. Yeah man it was pretty sweet. Like Corey and I just kept each other company, you know, while also just keeping our eyes and ears peeled. Um and then honestly, I think that's what you need to do, uh, you know, packing out in the dark, but yeah, it was, it was a great time. Like it was definitely just, you know, keep, keep aware, but enjoy it. And I sure, uh, enjoyed the hell out of it. So that was fun. Um, yeah. So the next day, I think actually
0: all three of us, uh, and Cody, was it Cody? Yeah, that Cody, went fishing and, Corey. With us? Cody yep. and Corey. Yeah. So the five of us went fishing the next day, um, Fishing was, you know, hit or miss essentially. Like we had periods where it was decent and then it would slow down a lot. Um, the fishing on the last trip that we were up there, Steve, you and I, in November, essentially just five to seven days earlier, was fantastic. It was slower this time, but we were still pulling some fish in the boat. Uh, and then obviously, Steve, you were up there this past summer fishing and you guys crushed it. So it was a slower day, but still fun to put some fish in the boat and definitely uh, was pretty stinking chilly for sure. Ooh. Um. So yeah, with it was that, so cold. My face got in the water. Go facing them. So yeah, we did that, and uh, a few of the other guys were out hunting that day. Um. And then was it the next day that was the big snow? Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday. So. so
2: that was the day we got like the ten
0: inches or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Corey and I hunted that day, um. And we were yeah. out, you know, all day. <laughs> And it, um, and it snowed every bit of 10 inches at least, um, where we were. And it, you know, it was, it was snowing in the morning when we were on the boat in the dark to get dropped off and it flat out just didn't stop all day. Um, so we did a lot of still hunting. Um, it was super fun, um, cutting fresh tracks. Uh, I mean, it was snowing good enough and there was like this fog layer that was in and out where, Glassing was tough. So you're in country where, and you know, as if you guys heard, we're shooting a lot of deer at two to four hundred yards. And on this day, you can't even glass that um or range it if you can glass it, you know, through snow. Um, so it definitely was a different day for us because we're in country that I had been in before that was new to Corey, but he honestly couldn't see it um and didn't get the full experience just because we didn't have any visibility. So we did a lot of still hunting, we got on some bucks. Um, didn't get a shot off there and then spent most of the second half of the day, like getting on fresh tracks and tracking deer and got within 30 yards of a buck, but just didn't have a shot and then tracked him from there and did it again. I mean, it was, it was a cold day. It was a snowy day. It was frustrating in a sense, not being able to glass and also frustrating because, you know, there's so many deer in here. I'm just not seeing them. Um, so it's kind of slower on action, but at the same time, it was kind of one of the highlights for me to be hunting in those conditions and just to have that different experience where you're, you know, you're truly tracking deer and you're on them. Um, and so that was super fun and being able to track and then have those close range encounters was a lot of fun. Um, just honestly didn't end up getting a shot opportunity. So, um, I know that when we cory and i came out it was it was getting close to dark and everybody else was on the boat by that point i think you know some guys had tagged out earlier and then went to the lodge and then went fishing for the afternoon um what was your your experience on that day steve i don't even recall to be honest with you uh
1: yeah so i was went out with jeff uh, that day and he was he was the i think at that point the only one who hadn't killed a buck yet obviously he's been holding out for a big one and uh Um, due to the snow, you know, that was the interesting thing about this trip. There was snow on the ground when we got there and which, and it was, I think, I think talking with Rafe and Nolan and Jerry, it was like, that's the first time in 12 years they've seen snow on the ground that time of year. Um, so we have been hunting in snow already. And then, yeah, then it snowed a lot that day. Um, so you just knew going into it, visibility was low, like you mentioned, and we're just going to have to change up our tactics to kind of still hunting down in the flats. And it was, yeah, it was truly you know, it better be within 150 yards um, to get a shot off, sometimes closer, maybe a little bit further when the visibility was good. But um, yeah, one of those deals, we just still hunted and it was uh, probably by like 9.45, 10 in the morning, uh, we were working our way through the, this flat area and uh, Jeff, uh, we had I'd, we had stopped. It seemed like every time when, that morning, This literally happened three times. So it's not like a lot, but there was enough deer in there that if you just stopped for a second and just looked around, like you would catch movement. Right. Um, And uh, yeah, it was like the third time we had done that where we had stopped and a buck and a doe, a little two point, a buck and a doe jumped out like 15 yards behind us. They were right there. Um, And then we turn around and uh, I'm kind of looking to my left. Jeff's looking to his right. He just says, uh cover your ears. <laughs> he pulls a gun up. He just saw a bucket 50 yards with his naked eye, knew that it had the the width and the mass and um was, it was just it was one of those deals like you talk about um like when you're trying to shoot something big um people say you you know when you see it and that's exactly what happened with Jeff. Like he's like, yep, that's a shooter pulled you know and just didn't didn't do anything but just look at him with his naked eyes and pull up the gun and just dropped him at 50 yards. And so our hunt was that was fast. Um, and, uh, I still had a tag in my pocket, but it was such a cold, miserable day that it was like, ah, oh, we, and it was like, let's, uh, we, we cut up Jeff's deer, packed it back to the beach. They came and picked up some of the boat and then we went back and started cutting up meat that night. So, um, yeah. So we got to be in the lodge hanging out and cozy while we uh, waited for everyone else. Like you and Corey out <laughs> <hunting> all day. <laughs>
2: yeah. Jake, you're out with, uh, I was with Jason. Jason. That's yeah. Right, we got Jason. dropped off at the same spot that Mark and Corey did. That's right. Um, we basically we flip-flopped um, kind of Mark hunted the spot that Steve and Cody did on day one. And then I went back to the same uh, approach that you and I did um, with Jason. Um, and so him and I just, uh, he, I think Jason was a little spent because he spent three days prior hunting. And I think that day he really did want to fish but yeah. and he was talking deer every day too yeah um, yeah those three days yeah yeah um but so he still was like all right let's go we'll go out hunting um and we just we didn't see a single deer uh, and then finally at like one o'clock uh he was like dude do you just want to call it like him and I both not just him like I was also like yeah like I kind of do want to go fish we're not seeing anything visibility sucks um yeah, let's just head back to the beach and call call a boat in and you know, maybe see if we can get a little fishing in. And that's exactly what we did. So um we basically ditched Mark and Corey and went back to the lodge and caught Steve and and Jeff and the rest of the gang um just out in the meat locker cutting deer. Uh and they just made the decision, like, let's go fish and you know, we'll fish until it gets dark and go pick up Mark and Corey. So we did that and we caught a few. Uh actually, I caught I think I, I was the only one who caught stuff, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's just the fun, cool thing about that whole hunt was just being able to kind of really do whatever you felt like doing. Um, cause earlier that day, Cody, Justin and Nolan, they went and sea duck hunted Um, so it's just cool how there was three different things going on, um, all at the same time, kind of. So yeah. They were duck
0: hunting that morning and did well. And yeah, as you said, guys got fish in the afternoon. Guys were deer hunting. Um,
2: see the next you day was up and you yeah. guys didn't look super, super
0: uh, thrilled. You guys were soaked. We were a little <laughs> bit wet and a little bit, actually not cold. I was like, I did really well managing, you know, when you're in those conditions where it was cold out and it's very wet. It's like playing the game of what layering strategies, right. And how does that match your, you know, your effort in terms of, uh, your physical, physical exertion. And I did great managing that all day and staying dry up until like mid afternoon. Um, some of the, I mentioned earlier, tracking those bucks, they were actually, um, surprisingly pushing up the mountain in that snow. And we just ended up doing a lot of climbing and then had an encounter and then bumped deer and then climbed harder and then gotten spots where it was just real nasty. And so the last. Last three hours, call it um, of that day of hunting, was just much, much higher in exertion. And at that point, I was just getting sweaty, and then was hot, and then was wet, essentially from the inside. So I was excited to to get dry for sure. Should have
2: worn a soft day. shell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't even start, Jakey. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's like the boots to steve is the soft shell the mark well no
0: yeah so jake was giving me crap we started so that that was a good point that day we started that day Corey, jake and jason were all wearing soft shells and then they were giving me crap because my prior comments on the podcast talking about soft shells and again i didn't say that they were bad i said they're the minivan of the hunting apparel world they have a purpose backpack hunting we do yeah in the e- context e- of the discussion on soft shells we were talking about backpack hunting and I was saying why they're not good generally for backpack hunting so but Jake took my comments out of context and continues to give me trouble sorry anyway <laughs> um, yeah I mean you guys pick up the next day so I went fishing Thursday you know I'm not gonna tell a bunch of fishing stories we caught more fish that day had a fun day on the boat Um, but yeah what you know taking up so much time here telling stories and there's a yeah. ton of stories we're <laughs> skipping and obviously oh, yeah. st- stories from five more guys that we're
1: not yeah, talking about we had 17 tags and filled 14 out of the 17 and yeah six days of hunting <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of and, deer dying yeah
0: yeah and two days yeah. of fishing and two days of duck hunting and like right. yeah there's so yeah. much we're skipping this trip you, you can so literally fun. turn this into a five-hour podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> just so, going into we'll, detail let's we'll, we'll wrap this before um I guess before I get to shooting my last book, cause I was last day, which we'll talk quickly about, but highlights between where we're at Wednesday night finishing. Was there anything Thursday uh, worth chatting about? I was just fishing yeah. and having fun.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. Gonna, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Cody, you know, Cody went out cause he wanted to get that buck with a pistol. So I was, uh, I'll, I'll go run camera for you, man. And we'll try to get it done. And, um, it, uh, same story, man, by 11 AM buck down and really nice buck too. And that was fun. It was a really cool, I remember i think i think we all kind of had the conversation like this would be a tough bow hunt like because we were we're killing bucks obviously um but a lot of them were longer range shots and things like that and I was just like this would be tough to like fill come here and fill all three tags with a bow but once you like once we switched to bow hunting mentality uh i mean within that uh, by 11 a.m so within three hours that morning we had had two bucks uh one and one at 12 yards, uh, that Cody wasn't able to get a shot off. And then one at, uh, um, uh, that buck he killed was at like 15 yards, you know? Um, so you just change up your strategy, how you're moving through the country, keeping, you know, it's just a different way of hunting. Um, and bam, we, it was, it was really cool. I, I messed up and um had the camera recording in like slow motion mode uh (laughs) which kind of sucked but it actually for the shot was really cool cody's had like a gopro on his hat so it's like he's kind of got this first person point of view uh shot of of him with the pistol out looks like a video game you know and then i'm kind of right behind him to the right on the shoulder like zoomed in on the buck and get the slow-mo shot of him shooting it and um yeah it was pretty cool he he uh he was shooting some 220 grain like uh Buffalo boar, I think ammo. And it just freaking just blew up that deer. Uh, it actually ran further than we expected, but, um, definitely put a hurting on it once we cut it up and got to see the inside of it. But that was cool. That was fun, fun hunt and same deal. Like we were packed up and got down to the beach by noon. Um, and then I actually shot a Fox down on the beach, which, uh, was kind of cool. Um, that's the first fox I'd ever killed. Uh, it was kind of a mixed emotions shooting a fox for some reason for me. Um, but it was a beautiful red fox, and it's the only fox that uh, we'd seen on the whole trip. So got on the beach, shot the fox, and then got picked up in the boat. and Same story. Went back and started cutting up the rest of the meat.
0: Yeah, I had uh, I forgot about that. I had passed a fox on day one. The day yeah on day one when we were we were actually I was, I can't remember if it was while we were cutting up your deer, Jake, or we were getting we, we ready to load finished. the packs. Yeah. I think we were loading packs and I spotted one and it was going to be a 300 yard shot, which is obviously long on a Fox. They're small. And I was, I would like to shoot a Fox up there sometime, especially the, the cross Foxes. Uh, this was just a red. And honestly, part of the reason I didn't shoot it was because it was, I was not in a good shooting position. Um, I'd consider the shot at that distance if I was in a better position to also we had, as we talked about, just come up from, or just come down from the top uh, and slid all the way down. And this Fox was way back at the top. And I was like, I'm not going all the way back up there either at this point. So um, yeah, it'd be fun to shoot one of those cross foxes one day, but.
2: Uh, yeah. You, so Jake on this day, you filled your second tag, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this was probably my, one of my favorite days. Uh, I I think every day was my favorite day. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I can't, can't pick one, but, um, sun was kind of out and, uh, definitely brightened up the day, quite a bit of snow hunted with, uh, Corey Ford again. So him and I just, um, I hunted a new spot basically where everybody else was killing deer. And, um, yeah, I mean, we just kind of still hunted our way for a ways and then kind of gotten to this spot where we can finally start glassing up on the hillside and sure enough uh Corey spotted two does and so I looked more to the right and uh I was like oh there's a buck <clears throat> and he was a nice buck uh super heavy or he was heavy um and so anyways we were like all right well let's get set up uh he kind of disappeared in the brush but how he was moving. it looked like he was going to kind of work his way up to the left. And that was another wide open patch, uh, perfect for uh, a shoot, a shot opportunity. So I basically dropped my pack, get ready. Uh, I definitely kind of move a little bit too fast. Um, I, I think I was just excited, got the sticks, uh, ready to go. And then, uh, I went to go chamber around. Um, and after, I think just from, you know, dragging my rifle around a little bit of precipitation, just kind of getting into, um, the action, uh, my freaking rifle wouldn't close. And so I was just, I think I kind of panicked a little bit and I was like, dude, what, what, what's going on? Like, I'm starting to see that buck kind of feed out in the opening. Um, but I mean, just take a breath Corey's just like, fine, here, take my rifle. We shoot the same gun. So, I mean, it was nothing different. And so I set my gun to the side, uh, chamber around and. He, uh, gets it dialed for me and I think he, yeah, it was an even 400 yard shot, which was my furthest rifle shot, uh, at an animal, uh, felt confident. And I mean, just put it right behind the shoulder, uh, squeeze the trigger and he just dropped right in his tracks. It was awesome money shot. Um, it was definitely a hard quartering away shot. So I placed it perfectly, uh, exit out the neck, um, yeah, dropped them and took us an hour and a half to get up to them for a 400 yard shot. Took us an hour and a half. Just think that has something to say about that country there. It's just super thick and uh, steep and, and the snow definitely didn't help. Um, so yeah, I mean, nothing else happened the rest of the day other than, you know, cutting up the deer, uh, and yeah, I mean, making our way out. It was, um, yeah, fun, fun, quick day. This time we made it back to the boat. Uh, but you know, right at dark, not, I not say, you dark. weren't
0: You weren't too far after dark
2: this time. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that was Thursday. Um, the schedule had us flying out of Larson Bay Saturday morning. So Friday's our last full day. If you want to call it a full day, I say, if you want to call it that because some guys had been cutting up deer throughout the week, but um, other guys still had a lot of deer to take care of and have completely packaged, ready to go Friday evening. So that first thing Saturday, we could hop on the plane and get out of there. Um, And the weather for Friday was terrible. Um, I think the high was, I think they're calling for 17 maybe. Um, And then the winds were going to be breezy and just getting worse and worse and worse throughout the day. Um, and so it just wasn't a great day. They thought out told us like fishing's off the table. If you guys want to hunt, go for it. Um some of the guys went duck hunting. I think Steve you actually went, you can mention that here. And then um Jake, you were tagged out, but I was like, Hey, if you go hunt with me for half a day, because I still had one tag left. I was like, I'll only hunt the half the day, like just in the morning, and then we'll get back to the lodge. And you had two deer that you hadn't touched yet to take care of. I was like, We'll hunt in the morning. I'll come back in all afternoon. I'll help you take care of your deer. Um, and then Jeff, uh, who had tagged out on his buck a couple of days ago, still had a tag, wasn't concerned with filling it really, but he's like, Oh, I'll go out with you guys. So we started in the morning, it was a cold morning. Um, not too bad once you're moving, and where we kind of tucked into when you got off the water and into the country, you know, obviously I had some wind blocks, so it wasn't too bad, but long story short, um, it was a short hunt. We were kind of basically still hunting. And Jeff and I were kind of taking turns, picking our way through brush and he was in the lead and got to a point where we were trying to work to um a spot we wanted to class from. And just as we were getting ready to get to that spot, Jeff was a few steps in front of me and he turned around and I was like, Buck, buck right there. And uh, so I stepped up next to him and saw the buck and saw that it was good enough to shoot, uh, didn't pick it apart. And I was like, Do you want him? Do you want him? He's like, No, man, go for it. And it was kind of a weird deal where, um, you know, he was facing us. So it'd have been another frontal shot and there was this downed log horizontal that was kind of blocking a lot of his body. And then he's standing in probably a foot and a half of snow. So everything was just like kind of obscured, but I had full access to front chest and neck. Um, and it was, I didn't take time to range, but it was maybe 30 ish yards um and so just pulled up the rifle um just was going to be standing freehand and gave it a second and squeezed off the shot and i just it was you know under at that close of a distance number 1 i didn't hear a bullet impact there just wasn't time between even my suppressed rifle shot and the impact to hear an impact on the buck and then with the way he was obscured i just saw his like head turn and go away i didn't know if he dropped and fell over if he ran or what you know what happened and it just it happened pretty fast. And um gave it a couple seconds, some high fives, and you know, did you hit him? I was like, Yeah, I think I hit him. He was at 30 yards, you know. Um, and it felt good and uh went up to where he was, and there was no blood and no deer. And then, you know, one thing it is nice with the snow, obviously, is you're able to see where they move and all that. And so you could see where he like turned, took a leap, and then started um you know, running away. And so it just was on his tracks and still no blood at this point. But I'm like, well, you know, in my head, I'm like frontal shot, maybe no exit internally. He's probably has a ton of damage, but hasn't, you know, maybe filled up to come out that the front entry yet. Uh, we'll see. And he, I don't know, Jake, he went, what, 10, 12 yards or something like that. And was yeah, just not far you know, down right there. So um, we definitely had that brief moment where it's like, God, did I pull a shot? And, you know, yeah. anytime you're yeah, all thinking that <laughs> anytime you shoot, and then you don't see, you can't hear the impact. You can't see the animal's reaction to see like, you know, did he kick or hunch or what? So you don't, you take out, you take away those two variables and then you get up there and then there's no blood. And it's like, well, gosh, dang, you know, no blood, no animal reaction, no sound of the thwack of a bullet impact. It's just, you know, even though I felt good on the shot, you just start questioning yourself. But thankfully it was, you know, a few steps away, essentially and was down and ended up being a really nice buck. And going oh, yeah. back to what you said earlier, Steve, of these deer are so pretty. You almost feel bad cutting their hides. And I've never been a shoulder mount guy. Don't have one, have euros and all that stuff like that. But I remember on my trip last year, uh, last time in 2019, I was like, man, these deer are so unique compared to what I'm used to, especially whitetail that I've grown up hunting. So pretty and unique. I was like, if I ever shoot a decent one, I'm gonna be tempted to to do a shoulder mount and so uh i don't have much experience obviously because i don't do shoulder mounts caping deer but uh jeff did who was with us and so i kind of asked him like jeff you don't mind will you help me cape this thing like and so we did and took our time and i think hey, i'm gonna kind of shoulder mount him so it was a beautiful buck and a great way to end of the trip and thankfully it was only like 9 or 9 30 in the morning so we were able to like all right great this is gonna be a terrible weather day let's pack this buck and get out of here and Uh, Then we had your two deer to take care of Jake. And now I had another deer to take care of. So we spent most of the day taking care of meat. Uh, And while all that was going on, you were duck hunting, Steve.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I went out that last day with Cody and and Justin and Nolan and went to sea duck hunting. I haven't been, I duck hunted a lot in college and I think it's been, yeah, 15 years (laughs) since I've duck hunted. So it was fun to go out and do something different and ended up shooting uh, an old squad duck. Uh, which was cool. A beautiful, beautiful white kind of white head duck, and uh, uh, had a blast. I couldn't hit a damn thing. Uh, I was was like, I think I was like oh for 14 on the first, like, first probably four or five ducks that came through, but there is pretty tough. Uh, you know, the decoys are out there 20, 30, 40 yards, and they're those ducks are just zipping by. Um, that uh, yeah, it just took me a minute, you know, not not my shotgun and and tough shots. I'm, I'm used to shooting chucker and stuff where my dog's pointing them at, you know, five feet in front of me. So, um, yeah, it took a little bit, but I finally ended up getting one. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was, it was kind of funny. Cause Nolan's like hardcore duck hunter. Cody is, uh, really into waterfowl and, um, shoot that, that old squaw. And it's like, uh, I think Nolan made the comment, like I would take shooting that duck any day over any buck. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, uh, really? <laughs> like, that's just a duck, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's all perspective, right? Like if you're, you know, really into waterfowl, uh, uh we killed Harlequins and old squaws and, um, it, uh, yeah, I uh, you know, it's, that's a big deal for some guys. So, um, yeah, it was fun. It was cool to be out on the water and it just, it was just something different, different new experience. You know, and that's, what's so cool about up there.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we obviously took a bunch of time here telling stories. Once again, that was only a few of the stories. As you mentioned earlier, Steve, there was eight guys, all guys, except for one, uh, had two tags One, Corey had three tags, we had 17 tags ended up killing 14 deer. Uh, if we wanted to, we could have filled all those tags, you know, if we oh, put yeah. time in or didn't pass on, you know, smaller bucks or whatever, but obviously a, a great trip, a bunch of fun, didn't get to any listener questions. So we'll do a part two to answer those listener questions. Um, as I mentioned, this podcast is coming out Monday, uh, Monday before Thanksgiving. What we'll plan on doing uh, TBD, but let's plan on it is the Monday after Thanksgiving for a Monday minute. We'll do a Q&A to answer the listener questions that we have already. And then if you guys hearing this have any questions uh, in that week of Thanksgiving, just send those over to podcast at podcast.xamountgear.com and on the next Monday minute episode, um, we'll make it happen.
2: So, Mark, I always cut you off right at the end. I always have to add like a final remark. I just want to say, Steve, thank you so much for taking me on this trip of a lifetime. I'm kind of shaking right now. I'm getting, getting, it was was an incredible time and I really appreciate you bringing me along and, and just everything you've done for me. It was truly an incredible experience and I can't thank you enough.
1: Absolutely. Jakey Poo, you deserve it. Well, there you have it. Tears on the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Jakey. And likewise, Steve, man, it was a heck of an adventure. And thank you. Um, So yeah, if you guys have questions, send us an email. Uh, More to come on that. And excited to answer the questions that we didn't get to. We'll talk about, oh, shoot, there's questions on daylight hours. There's questions on getting our meat back. There's questions on going in November versus earlier, guided versus unguided, budget, bow versus rifle. So we'll dive into a lot of that on the next episode on this podcast. Uh, If you haven't yet hit the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app so that you receive that episode
1: and all future episodes automatically. And we'll talk to you soon.